Today, we are talking to you about to you founders who are out there building accounting software companies specifically. Um, and then specifically, we want to get into how do you fund them? So we're going to talk about bootstrapping or raising capital, where you go to raise capital, what are the milestones you should be hitting for different capital types, and some other strategies we've come up with for fundraising. All of that here today on Drink While You Think, the weekly happy hour conversation between a couple of guys who are building their accounting firm in a really weird way. Um, I'm your host, Kenji, along with my co-founder, co-host, Matthew. Matthew, tell us all, who is our sponsor today? Oh, now that you said that, I'm going to say our sponsor today is Verify IQ. <laughs> so go to VerifyQ if you're interested in quality control uh, management. Uh, today's episode is sponsored by Verify IQ. Monitor your bookkeepers, gamify quality control, everything you wanted in a quality control system. That's an inside joke that you will hear today. So. I like it. And I'm very grateful also for Verify IQ. Um, thank you, Verify IQ, for buying us drinks. And again, those who know the situation well will also chuckle along. We're happy yes, to have you as sponsors. We will talk about that on today's podcast if that's the topic. So there you go. Uh, Matthew, what are you drinking? I am on number two of four in the Wicked Weed series. Um, I'm doing very good on my diet. I have not gone through these. Like, that's impressive. I buy a four pack and I'm going to have it for four weeks. I don't know if that's bad for beer, but this one's called the Milk and Cookies. It's an imperial stout brewed with golden raisins, which is sketch as hell, cinnamon, and vanilla. So I don't know. <laughs> Who was like, oh, let's put golden raisins in it? Like, yeah, for milk and cookies, why are there raisins? I, I think honestly, the oatmeal cookie with raisins is one of the absolute lesser of cookies. That's not a great. That's not a great cookie. But there's milk. no oatmeal in it. Like it would make more sense with oatmeal and raisins, right? But it's I agree. Raisins, cinnamon and vanilla. So I agree. What um, I'm drinking one inspired. I feel like this is going to be one that you might like. This here is the Young's Double Chocolate Stout. I've had that one before. Have you? Oh, wow. Okay. It's coming in. I've already graded that. In the we maybe have. Oh, shoot. Okay. We'll find out. Deliciously Rich coming in at 5.2%. Um, yeah, mine's 8.5%. Woo. Okay. Cheers, man. Cheers. Okay. Well, good. I'm going to still use a cup because, you know, I'm, I'm fancy if it's a paper cup. All right. So... A couple, let's see, a couple weeks ago, we did an episode on investing in accounting software companies. So I thought I'd flip the script a little bit and be like, oh, wait a minute. What about the, the founders of accounting software companies? How do you go raise capital? Unless it's through like jokers like us who are putting in through Acuity Invest or others. Um, so I kind of wanted to flip the script a bit and talk about how to go out and raise capital. Also, Matthew, um, you were asked to speak to a a group of early stage tech founders about this topic. You want to talk about how that went this week? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so when Kenji's talk, Kenji's making fun of me because he had to cover from my ass on Wednesday because <laughs> uh, somebody asked me to talk to founders, but they recorded it. And then they're like, Oh, it's happening on Wednesday during the middle of my EO meeting, which is a, devices off, serious four-hour meeting where you just don't do anything. 
So right before they were about to play this 30 minute recording that I had done on an educational session, they're like, Hey, um, here's how the Q and a works. Uh, you need to be on at six 30 after the recording and then they'll do Q and a, at which point I panicked and I called Kenji and he covered for me. So he's, 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 he's begging for a compliment here and I'm just, <laughs> he's fishing and I'm going to say, I have covered for your ass so many times. <laughs> Very I'm true. Not, I'm not going to apologize. How did it go though? I haven't talked to you. So I was going to say, you know what? It was great. I think it was great in the fact that we did tag team this one. It was, you know, usual. It's what we do. That's what we do is we tag team things. And so you came out and gave the information. I came out and did the Q and a session afterwards. It was a nice long Q and a, um, we used up, we had more questions that we had time to get to. Um, I use my usual joke. You would have, you know, been like rolled your eyes, but I gave the old like, okay, everybody, good news, bad news is, good news is I'm here. I'm, you know, I'm the partner. I'm the funny one. I'm the better looking of the two of us. I said, the bad news is the actual smart one who knows what the hell he's talking about when it comes to raising capital, that's Matthew and he's not here. So, you know, I, I, I use that. It, there's a lot of truth in that statement, especially about me being better looking. But um it went well. It was good. It was fun. I thought actually your video was really solid. So I thought this is perfect for flipping the script a little bit around this. We really did get a lot of really cool outreach from people about the about investing in, you know, tech companies. And so I'm like, let's stay on that theme a little bit. You know, we talked with Chris and Williams the other week about how he was an investor. We got a little bit of a theme going and it just seems to be resonating with people. So I thought we just talked about this. Let's flip it around a little bit. And so I guess I'll start with this. Okay, you, Matthew, you're building your brand new accounting technology company, right? Yeah. Before I get into the real question, my first sub-question is, what are you going to build, by the way? Like, what's the thing you want to build? If you could build right now, this isn't part of the answer, but I'm curious. What would you build in the space right now if you could build accounting tech? Well, the only thing I understand is back office related, right? Like if I knew one of these other solutions, I'd go fix the planet like these other people are like what our clients really need. So like I deeply understand like some of the problems of running a firm, yeah. right? So I kind of get to do that a little bit with Verify IQ. Um, but um, yeah, I think a, a comprehensive like solution for running your firm. Yeah, that's I think that's what I would do. So I'd do something similar. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of that selfish way but I think it's also a good practice of like, you want to build something that you could, a problem that you're dealing with, right? I mean, go ahead and you, isn't that right? If you build something for you, even if it's just you, aren't you guaranteed to at least have some form of product market fit? Yeah, you at least have one customer. <laughs> so I'm with you on that. All right. The real question is this, okay. You're building whatever this tool is for the benefit of the back office of, of your firm. Um, you gonna bootstrap it? You gonna try to? You gonna raise capital? Like, how are you thinking about that? <clears throat> I feel like we kind of have an example, right? So, for the, we'll just talk about Verify IQ for a second. So, mm -hmm. one of our investments was a company in Canada where we put a safe note investment in a company in Canada that was gonna build a quality control system because we had we had what thirty bookkeepers and we're like, how are they doing? I don't know. We check on them twice a year, once a year, a quarter, every quarter, like we just couldn't get to everybody every month, right? So they had an idea to build 
um, a quality control system that gives you like a quality control score every month when you do your financial close. And then the managers could see that consolidated. Um, so that was a, we thought that was a cool idea and we could use it. So they were building that. And then, um, you know, the risk with this, right, is that accounting firm owners and, and, and people in our industry, we're, we have too, almost too much, too easy fallback plans, right? <laughs> so when things go slow as they do in technology, um, you know, sometimes we don't stick around. So the original team kind of decided to, to, to go their own ways. And we, we ended up because we were kind of pot committed, like it was our quality control system. We ended up um, getting together with the CTO and the lead developer and recapping the company. And a recap is just, um, we, we bought out all the other investors uh, and, 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 um, and took the that way. So if you're asking me, like that model, like it, what we've done since then, which is bootstrap that, right? Get the bugs out. Because um, to me, the vision for Verify Q is not just quality control management, right? It's really having some kind of way to run your firm, um, on like a, a more comprehensive way to run your firm from the sales side to pricing, to revenue assurance, to quality control, like, all of those things can be combined with that. So we had to fix some of those things for us and for all the customers that we have. But um, bootstrapping was the right way to do that because it allowed us to go at the pace that I'm comfortable going. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think if I was more comfortable or had been more successful growing VC fast, like we, that would be an option. But like VC fast is fast, man. Let's talk about that because I, I mean, so here's a good example, by the way, folks, using the Verify IQ example, I'm really giving you an example of what it means to be a sponsor. Matthew just gave you a great overview of Verify IQ. If you just send those beer people, we'll sit and talk about you just like that too and give you all the details, right? It is helpful that that is, they're a startup in this space. I would, I would say that the path of introducing, you know, doing buyout, introducing bootstrapping a little bit later, it's probably not the most traditional. So maybe walk through, I think, okay, let's, let's just go through this. Look, there, there is the bootstrapping. We talked about that. I think most people in accounting firm owners who are a lot of folks here, or when you start something, pretty much everybody's initially bootstrapping for the most part. Like I, you just got to get something off the ground and guess what? You're going to do it on your own time and own dollar. But let's say you've got to go the capital route. Can you talk through kind of the basic way, the most common ways that people work into that capital stack of like, where, what, what comes like after you bootstrap, you need capital? What's the traditional like? Yeah, so, so, so typically what I see is people, you know, at, a, at an early stage, like this is pre-customers, like you, you, you basically can raise money from friends and family, right? And there are, and it's actually referred to as- I hope friends. so. As long as you have friends or you haven't, you know, your family friends. likes you. I hope so. The friends and family round, like they're not going to argue with you about valuation. They're not going to do that. They're going to do it because they believe in you, right? They're going to just give you money and they're probably banking on you pissing it away. So you don't have to worry about it, right? <laughs> then, um, then what we see, or kind of one of my observations is you either see like um, um, all that money is deployed- there's like an MVP, there's like first customer, even if that first customer is not paying, there's people using the product and product feedback and stuff like that. And at that point, 
you know, really even at the five to 10K revenue a month Mm -hmm. perspective, you're at the angel investing point. So you're looking for angel investors. So there's a network of people that are accredited investors that invest in this kind of area, right? They might like the technology. Sometimes they bet on technology. Sometimes they bet on team. Sometimes they bet on TAM. Sometimes they bet on um, uh, the solution itself. Uh, TAM is the total addressable market. Um, So like if it's like a huge idea, like some people just bet on the space. Um, and those, those investors, you know, usually, you know, the angel group that we're a part of, you know, writes checks between hundred and 300 K, right. So you're talking about that kind of threshold mm-hmm. friends and family, you know, depends on your, I guess, friends and family, but I typically think about as 250 K and less. And then I see like the angel round being somewhere around half a million dollars where you cobble together one angel group that does 250K and a couple others that put in 100, 150K and maybe some individuals that come in. The next group after that, so the main threshold we see after that is if you get to a million dollars of recurring revenue in the SaaS business, you're able to get into that VC world. That's where you're doing your financing where somebody will invest in a VC check now. The minimum check is around $3 million dollars they're targeting between three and $8 million right now. It feels like for the first check. And um, so if, if you can get a valuation um, in that space, you're like VC ready. And then when you flip the business to a point where you're talking about EBITDA more than you're talking about revenue, then you're in the private equity world, right? And then each of those has subcomponents throughout it, right? <laughs> so like the VCs have early stage funds and mid stage funds and late stage funds. It's not like a green light, for example, which we invested in, like they had NEA, which is usually a later stage fund. Mm -hmm. They funded the $7 million round, right? That, that green light did. And then somebody came in for some other VC came in on the hundred million dollar round. Right. So that's still VC. It's kind of PE dollar levels. It is. Yeah. Yeah. They're valuing the company on growth and not on profit. And that's my distinction, really. And I agree. Um, that question came up the other day and in the Q&A around the VC side, the people were like, oh, I've heard of what's seed stage VC and what's, you know, all that. And I was like, you know, to your point, there's there's a lot of flavors of VC, you know, that get in there that some will skew a little toward almost the angel side, the seed side and on the low end. And then you can get some that are up there, you know, doing almost growth capital type of rounds yeah. that kind of approximate PE. Um, real quick on that, I, I noticed... Um, I was having lunch yesterday with a mutual friend of ours who's uh, the CFO of a company that's done very well. And they've taken on some private equity. And he was talking about, um, he's like the 40% rule. Do you know about the 40% rule? And I was like, what do you mean there? And he said, oh, and, and we, you and I have talked about this, but I hadn't heard about it, the 40% rule thing of where really you need to be in a place to where um, their private equity firm has talked about you know, a 30% growth rates and a 10% EBITDA, right? Or some, com- those two metrics together need to be 40 or north, you know, combined. Right. You take the two of those add which I think is an interesting yeah, I, kind of concept. I, I hear it referred to as the rule of 40. So if you Correct, Google, yeah. if you Google rule the rule of 40, uh, that's that's something that's there. So yeah, growth rate has a, like when we start getting into valuation, growth rate has a disproportionate um, impact on your valuation metrics people tell you like if you're going to be like uh 
if you're talking the difference between a one-time revenue accounting firm and a two-times revenue accounting firm, you're talking about somebody with sustained growth at 50% versus sustained growth at 8%, right? Yeah. Um, so you're like, that's the difference. It's not really anything else, right? Yeah. So yeah. The same, same for technology companies. And um, one of the funds that you and I invest in actually had some great data on this in the SaaS world. It was like uh, SaaS companies that grew... 20% year over year. Um, and, and there was a revenue multiple in the industry that was, you know, like six times revenue. And then the 30% was eight times and then 40 or more was 12 times. Right. So it wasn't linear. Um, but it was, a uh, kind of a, like they track those metrics on, yeah. uh, on what they're doing. And I think yeah. if you look at the public company comps right now, with people saying, Oh, those are crazy numbers. Like the public company numbers are somewhere like 30 times recurring revenue right now, 30, 35. Um, yeah. I don't know what the correction, what the number is now, but it's still north of 25 times recurring revenue for most companies that are mm -hmm. in the public markets. So exactly. it can't be that crazy. Now, it really can't and shouldn't be. And I think, um, you know, you, you kind of highlighted some of those and hopefully people caught them. There are these different kind of milestones. I know we've talked to, to startups, to our clients about these milestones that you're trying to... That, I wouldn't call it a full rule of thumb, but like are pretty close to what you're trying to hit these that do approximate the type of round you're doing. You mentioned kind of getting to a million dollars in ARR, right? A million dollars of ANR yeah. is the first one for BCs. BC, a, million yeah. a million dollar in EBITDA, like you got to have them. You can't talk to a private equity firm. If you, you can't even talk to them. them. Yep. I mean, you're this, and they want you to have five, like everyone wants yep. that thing, they'll start talking to you, right? So yep. they want you to have five times that to really think about a deal. So yeah, never born. Something, that, something that I liked, you know, and I think those milestones are useful. They're not probably fully universal, but they should, they're, they're pretty darn close and they should be helpful to folks. One thing I liked in the video um, that you, you had that you put out there uh, was something you and I have talked about of this whole concept of, um, you know, when you go and ask for, you, know, you go and ask for investment, you often get advice, so you should probably ask for advice and you may have a better chance to get an investment. Um, and I think what I liked about, you know, us revisiting that concept with all these startups was, yes, even though these milestones you're preparing for, uh, I'm sorry, that you're trying to hit, you don't want to go and approach that investor, whoever they might be, at the point that you've already hit that number. I mean, you, you can be doing some things in preparation. You talked about kind of some strategies that you like to where like, listen, you can, you can be preparing and getting someone ready to be like, Hey, by the time you hit those milestones, you've already kind of warmed things up. So I, I'm curious that you kind of mentioned that here and talk about those strategies. Oh yeah. I, I, I have this theory like for, it, this is not necessarily for the kind of accounting guys that are raising money. Cause that's a whole I think there's a whole other complexity if you have a professional service firm and you're trying to build technology and you're trying to raise money because I, I, I've been in the room in Venture Atlanta with several times with substantial companies with substantial professional services and valuable tech. And I've heard investors time after time discount the value of the tech because of the professional services thing and question where everybody's time is spent and stuff like that. So 
I want to parking lot that to answer your question. Um, but what, what Kenji was talking about um, was, you know, I, I have this strategy that I try to coach people through when they're in the earliest stages, because it's really, there's just no information about the angel investments, like that people who do angel investing, it's kind of all over the map and hot and cold and, 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 and just, it's just kind of all over the map. And there's very little information that you can get on that. But VCs, they're very good information about it. So if you're in that angel investment stage, first of all, going to that angel investment stage puts you on the track where you have to go VC, basically, because you're kind of committing to go to a track in my personal philosophy. Totally it's agree. Like, it's like you're pregnant when you do angel investing, when you get outside investors, you're pregnant. Like you're, yeah, that's not your last round of funding. That's not your last Uh, investor. So if it's not your last round of funding, why don't you go to the easier place to find investors, which is VCs that invest in your space, start a relationship with them now, even though it's too early, acknowledge it's too early and ask them for their advice. Ask them who are people you'd like, who are angels you'd like to partner with if we're really successful. And what, when should I reach back out to you if I hit all these crazy goals that I set for myself and let them know that you're a practical person. The thing about VCs is they have paid business development people that do thousands of meetings, genuinely try to help companies. Like all the people I know in these roles, they're trying to help you. Like they will, like, if you ask them something to help you, like that they can give you, which is like, Hey, can you make an introduction to somebody that you like in the angel space that sounds like might be a fit for me? They will totally do that versus if you ask them for money. So, and then I tell people also, once you talk to somebody, say, how often should you, should I update you? And how do you like to be updated? Or is it, I think it's even better if you have a cadence, like if you update people quarterly and you say, is it okay if I update you quarterly (laughs) and kind of lead the question to something you can execute? And then, then that's a, a warm email, you know, and then if you hit the million dollar revenue point, that's a relationship. If you have two or three of those, you're way ahead of the fundraising curve, way ahead of the fundraising curve. And you hopefully shortcut the angel investing curve because, you know, you kind of there's a lot of bullshit in the angel investing line. Tons of it. Yeah. yeah. Like we're talking about angel investing, but you and I write $10,000 checks into these companies. Like, yeah, Yeah. that doesn't move the needle. Like, so like. Like people hear that we're angel investors and like want to talk to us. And you're like, wait, wait, wait. Like we only have influence to the point where like we can convince all these other people to come with us, right? Like uh, right. Uh, in the in Atlanta Tech Angels or what we're talking about doing with because uh, of the outreach with uh, the accounting community, maybe building a mm-hmm. fund for the accounting community. Like um, so the VCs know who's the bullshitters though, and they can help you. They totally do. I, I, when you talked about that, I think it's a great strategy. And again, I'll, I'll hit it and highlight it with, I think a couple of things to take away from it. Um, you will be able to, you can literally go on Google and talk about what type of company you are, right? We just said we're an accounting tech company. You could probably go Google accounting tech, venture capital. You could go look on Crunchbase, you can look at other resources and you can figure out who those firms are who have invested in, you know, go back and look at others that we know are in the space, right? Oh, yeah. Who, who, who is early? Who, who is, is who early is, in Gusto? Who is early in Build.com? All, all who those, was in right? Relay? 
Who isn't like you like take our favorites? You just go right? look through those and you build a relationship there and they're already doing business development like Matthew mentioned. And, and then you start there and then you work your way backwards into and they'll naturally be motivated because what Matthew didn't mention that you may have picked up on was the VC community really depends on early angels or seed investors who they built a relationship with to say, hey, can you let us know when you've been in a deal that's getting some traction and scale? And so they rely on not just their BD people, there's a lot of them, there's also the angel community, the seed level community to know when the right time is to partner with the VCs for those A rounds, when those milestones hit. So you're, you're doing, you're helping them. You're, benefiting, you're going to get a nice introduction. Imagine an introduction coming from, you know, the, the VC group that put money into, into Gusta, all right, or into HubDoc or whoever it might have been, you know, and making an intro into an angel, right? That's going to be a nice, actually, introduction for you because if you try to go Google that angel, who are angel investors who invest out there? It's going to be all across the board. It's so across the map, right? So you do that, and that's going to benefit you greatly uh, to shortcut that because you can waste a ton of cycles going around this. And it just shows, it just gives you a sense of like, build a relationship and just you come across in so much of a better way of like, oh, I have an understanding of the timing and pacing of when the capital, you know, of who you are and when you need to be involved. But start with like, when we're saying reach out to these people, you reach out to the level above. So you reach out to the people that write the one to $5 million checks. You don't reach out to the- Don't go PE. Don't don't call Andreessen and be like, hey, who who should I do? Like, that's not what I'm saying. You go look at- who did the seed round at Gusto? Who did the A round at Gusto? Who did the, and then forget Gusto, go look at Giraffe or go yeah. look at um, um, Callbox. Go look at Callbox. Go look at Invoice Sherpa. Go look at, um, who's another good one? Go look at Brex. Go look at um, any of the new ones, right? Like yeah. anybody that's got that, um, who's in the space? You can go look at who did the stupid pilot and box? You'll, you'll usually see again a press. <laughs> the press releases everyone puts them out there. Press releases are all out there for this. Or just go to Crunchbase, right? Go to Crunchbase, pop it in there, put the company in. Super easy. Yeah. Take and a look, look at the A. Yeah, look. One who was just before you. Most re- yeah. Take a look at you know, wherever, whatever level you're at based on your milestone. Look at whatever the next milestone would be. Those are great places to start, and you're going to figure out who that investing community is to start that process. So I. That was one I was like, I was watching the video and I was kind of head nodding. I'm like, ah, that's a good strategy. I got to give them some credit. So it's a nugget. It's a good nugget. Um, All right. By the way, I'll say this before we do some rating of beer and we shut this down um, is obviously we're talking accounting tech and accounting software companies. This is relevant to really anybody who I'd say is an early stage technology software company, SaaS based company. you know, those are the kind of clients that we work with and we've had a lot of experience around. So, uh, but we thought it was fun just to try to flip the table, flip the script a little bit on what the other side of things look like since we're in angel investors in accounting tech, what it's looking like for founders on the other side of it. Um, anything else, Matthew, on fundraising for these before we start rating some beers? Well, I mean, the big thing and my internet connection is uh, unstable, so that's awesome. Um, the big thing... I think it's 
if you have, if you're running a firm and you're running a tech company, like investors don't like that. <laughs> like if you're going outside and you have any distractions and 100% of your time is not on one thing, I have been in the room for those discussions. Uh, at, and, and this is like, this happens in Venture Atlanta every year where there's a $20 million company that has 17 million in revenue from professional services and 3 million in revenue from a great technology product they built. And they devalue it, the $3 million revenue company compared to $3 million revenue companies. Like they get a lesser value than that. So I think there's all, like if you're going to build a company, it almost has to be completely separate than your company. And you got to go all in. All in, baby. If you you think for the primo valuation, right? Like if you're... Like you have to be, that has to be a hundred percent of your time. If you're going to go get outside investment and outside capital, that's going to scale. So I, I, that question got asked to me in the Q and a the other day. And, and my response was similar. I said, listen, there's no way that flies at later stage rounds, right? If you're early still and you're maybe, okay. It's, it's maybe okay. If you're getting ready to raise angel, that you're like, you say, listen, I need to go full-time with this. Here's the traction I've made so far. I understand that I'm not there yet. I've got family to feed, whatever it's been. Part of this round that we're raising is going to go to the compensation for me and some other teams of management member teams. Don't be ashamed of that, that you need that. You need that as a company. You gotta pay people to work there, including yourself. Right. But you need to you need to commit to it. You need to commit to it. You can't go crazy with it. Oftentimes that means if you're in a professional services firm or elsewhere, you're probably going to take a haircut to get what's considered a market compensation level, right? For executives in an early stage startup. So be prepared for that. It's okay to ask for you need to be compensated, but you're going to have to commit. Like this, like, hey, I'm also going to keep one foot over here in that. I think it's okay. That's my opinion, is at least if you're transparent about like, hey, today I haven't raised capital yet. I'm raising an angel round of 250 or something, you know, I'd like to go ahead and bail out of my current thing and take the next 12 months and really focus on this. I think that's an okay conversation to have, but you better commit to it. You better do it. And then later rounds, there's no way that's flying. You got to be in it already. So yeah, that's a great advice for people who are probably firm owners thinking about this. Um, All right, let's rate some beers and take a look at things here. So again, folks, don't forget, Come follow us on good old, you know, untapped, un- untapped. Um, I'm going to go first here on the Young's double chocolate stout. If I can get my cursor to cooperate. Um, it looks like this is our, we have not rated this yet. You've had it. You, that means you drank it without me, which is okay. I don't want you to say anything. I did not. I didn't think this was great. I did not. I mean, I'm sorry, Young's. I mean, a couple of reasons why it just was. You know, I, a double chocolate stout, like you're getting an expectation, but damn, this is going to be like super chocolatey. It, it really wasn't at all. Very little flavor. And also they said it's got natural chocolate flavor added. That creeps me out when it feels like chocolate flavor added. Like I've brewed a chocolate stout before and you can do that. You don't have to add nat. I mean, that, that just sounds weird. It sounds weird. I didn't, I wasn't, wasn't a fan of it. Um, I felt like that could have been, this could, have, I was expecting a whole lot more. I was expecting a Matthew kind of beer and it was not. 
Um, yours is the. I've had that one, and I'm not disappointed with your rating. Oh man, um, thank you. I, I'm I'm on the the wicked weed milk and cookies. Milk and cookies. Okay. Almost there. It is milk and cookies. Um, hold on, come on. I'm going with a straight four today. Straight four. Okay, that's, that's I didn't. Uh, the, the positive thing on this is, is I did not taste the golden raisins. People, do not worry. <laughs> like I did not taste it. Didn't taste like golden raisins. It's totally just a straightforward kind of uh, imperial stout. So. It just, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure why you would put that on the packaging. Like, because I don't, does that entice somebody seeing golden rays? It doesn't taste like it. So you're not trying to warn them. And anyway, that's a weird marketing. Marketing team over at Wicked Weed rethink maybe putting that on there. But um, yeah, I would just take out the golden raisins. I'll take them out of there. Label at least. Like, you don't even have to do it, right? Yeah. So I don't even know the rules. Don't even know the, there's another rule. Does not know the rules. Anyway. Um, cool. Thanks, everybody. Don't forget, subscribe here. Verify Q is the best quality management system in town. Sponsored by Verify Q. We are sponsored by Verify Q until one of you guys else steps up. So we're hearing rumblings that you might haven't seen it yet. So in the meantime, guess who's sponsoring Verify Q? Um, check us out. Subscribe here. We're sending out actually a lot more content that Matthew, you've been good about sending out more content on YouTube beyond drink while you think. So make sure you subscribe to the Acuity channel and subscribe to the podcast. If you don't want to look at our ugly mugs, which I don't blame you, uh, you can just listen along and it may be a little easier on you. So please do those things and also reach out. If you ever want to come and be on the show, you want to ask us to talk about certain topics. We're having a lot of fun actually oh, getting yeah. conversations coming out of these. Kenji so. probably needs ideas because he's he's scraping the bottom of the barrel, like getting stuff from my podcast. So he, you know that pains him when he... No, when I, thought, I was excited idea. about this one. I was excited awesome. about this one. It was awesome, awesome. Cheers, everyone.